Welcome to another episode of the Third Round Picks Podcast. Today, I am joined by Mike Bibbins as we recap uh, Summer League action and some players who stood out and some players who really disappointed. Uh, Bibbs, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. I'm getting prepared for a long trip that is much needed, so. Yeah. And then... For me, I'm coming off a week of wings just losing and losing and losing. Close game after close game after close game. It's tough in these streets watching these young ladies. So, you know, they're going to get it together eventually. Not this year. They're going to tank for Sabrina, UNESCO, and, you know, we'll see how it works having two score first guards and UNESCO and Ogumbawale and then Skylar Diggins. And then Mariah Jefferson is on our team now, too. So we have four small guards. And Brooke McCarty-Williams is going to probably get cut as a result. So, But that's enough Wings talk because that's not what this podcast is about. So <laughs> why don't we jump right into it? Bibbs, who was a player who really stood out to you and you were glad stood out? Um, I mean, we can go cut right to the chase. I mean, uh, my man's Carson Edwards. Uh, I think he averaged... 19 points a game, shot 47% from three, um, was uh, doing exactly what they wanted him to do. I think he started the first couple of games alongside Tremont, and then uh, they brought him off the bench because they, quote, wanted to see him in a role closer to what he would be playing during the regular season. So that was pretty cool. Um, glad to see him. And uh, the only other guy I really wanted to mention was... Uh, uh, a second-year guy, actually, Gary Trent Jr., who was a guy I wanted the Mavs to get. Uh, he also, I think he averaged over 20 points a game as well during the, the summer league. So I'm glad for both of those guys to really hoop. Yep. And then on... Who were mine? I, I think you know, and we all... If y'all know me on this podcast by now, my guy, Brandon Clark, balled the hell out. And you love to see it. <laughs> You'll, you'll love to see it when Summer League MVP and Finals MVP and the championship swept all the awards. And then also on the Grizzlies, John Conchar, really, he really made an impact defensively with, like, so many deflections. If It was remarkable. Uh, another guy, uh, Gigi Lozada, really balled out. Terrence Mann, Grant Williams was really impressive despite not having like an amazing offensive impact. He just really showed his intelligence on the court. Uh, Jackson Hayes played well, which was nice to see. Uh, those are like the, the main guys on the top of my mind uh, in particular. Uh, any other guys you want to mention in terms of standouts, or uh, should we kind of go into some guys, some first preliminary guys that kind of were just... I think since you rattled off a few, I guess I can do the same. Uh, we'd be remiss not to mention Chris Clemens, who, like yes. I said, every year there's an under underrated midget that comes out and proves that he should be getting a chance. Uh, I was worried about him going to the Rockets because they had Shamori Pons, but... Uh, that's a little bit of a, I guess, a foreshadowing for this disappointing. But um, Clemens really balled out. I think he he also averaged over 20 points a game, um, shot over 42% from three, shooting a lot of threes, much like Carson. So hoping I haven't heard anything about him being officially signed yet. Uh, so I'm hoping that comes for him, but not with the Rockets. Yeah, the only disappointing thing for Clemens was I feel like he didn't get as many opportunities as a facilitator. As I wanted them I to. Think, let's see here. Pull something up. Or at uh, least that was in the game I saw in person. So, but that was one of those nights where yeah, he dropped they, thirty. They used him basically as a sniper, uh, but I did see him because uh, one of the things I, I pointed out when I was scouting him was <clears throat> his pick and roll game. He he throws some nice bounce passes in a pick and roll, and I did get to see a few of those. So. Um, it's not that he can't, like like you were probably saying, it's not that he can't do it. It's just he hasn't been put in that position yet. Yeah, he just didn't get the opportunities. Uh, and then on top of that, um, who's another really key standout second year or first year? Ooh, Josh Reeves really played well. Uh, despite okay. the fact that he shot poorly from the field and he – 
he had his moments where he shot well from three, but he generally struggled. But I think his the biggest thing for him was he really showed off how well he was able to read the passing lane and also just make an impact in transition and on cutting. And it felt it felt like he was more capable as a handler than I would have thought previously. From what I saw of his shooting, it looked like he was all he would start out like hot or fine, and then as the game went on, his he would lose that arc. So I think it's something he's probably worked on, but just hasn't gotten enough reps in to stay consistent with it throughout a game. You think it has something to do with the legs too? Yeah, because he's—I mean—he's not getting the lift necessarily later in the game. Like in the beginning of the game, when he shoot when he's shooting those threes, you can see him like focusing on what he's doing, like the full motion. But later in the game, you know, revert back to bad habits when you when you relax. Yeah, and speaking of so, Reese, I did want to mention very briefly that I'm glad to see he's become a fan favorite among uh, the Mavs Twitter people. So. It's, it bodes well for his future here. Uh, right. Moving on to uh, someone else who stood out to you, Bibbs. Uh, Anthony Simons. Um, yes. Another Portland guard. Uh, they lose Seth, but they got these two guys coming right back in behind them. And Gary Trent and Anthony Simons, they basically dominated the entire time through Summer League. And I just think it's interesting to see a team like Portland, who has two dominant guards in uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and now they have these the two young guys uh, behind them. Uh, that I don't, I'm not sure how that's going to play out in the long term. It's going to be interesting to see the, over these next couple of years, because uh, I think both of those guys proved that they should probably be getting minutes. Yeah, I think it's a good problem to have right now. Though, yeah, if you're if yeah. you're the Blazers, also honestly they could, uh, they don't really have a backup point guard right now. If so, I mean you could probably play both of them. Have one be the third guard. Right. Well, so my thing there is that they will get minutes this year. It's like if they play, if they show, if they continue to perform and climb like they have, and I think Anthony had like a huge game at the end of the year last year. Also, they have like a forty point, thirty point game or forty point game. I'd imagine it was something like that. But anyway, if they keep climbing like that, it's going to be kind of almost a uh, James Harden situation where, like, you're not going to be able to keep these guys on your bench forever. Um, so I could see them potentially looking at trading one of them at some point, especially because they have holes in their roster right now, from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, here's another uh, standout undrafted in this case Dante Hall out of Alabama really you could tell he's he's such a high effort big out there on the floor and he was just able to beat people on the court spots that you would think he might not be able to get there because he's not necessarily the quickest but I think his length is underrated he does have a seven foot four wingspan and he can really take advantage of that in the pick and roll he got a lot of a lot of dunks out there um and I'm pretty sure he got signed to an Exhibit 10, so I'm optimistic about his future uh, in the league, and I'm hoping that Detroit can turn him into something useful. Was he with Detroit? Pretty sure. Okay, okay. Um, I keep getting him and Eric Holman mixed up. Holman was with the Lakers, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, I, I get those two mixed I've been getting those two mixed up for, like, the past couple of years, actually. <laughs> But um, but yeah, definitely glad to see him play well. My 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 SEC guys. Um, the only other guy that I, well, no, there's a couple more. Terrence Davis. We'd be again remiss not to mention him. A guy who was offered several. I said that he was not signing a two way. He was going to bet on himself. Uh, coming into summer league, came out, balled out for Denver. Toronto scooped him up on a, a guaranteed deal. So good for him uh speaking of guys that have kind of bounced around on drafted deals uh antonius cleveland man yes his 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 ability to slow down and transition after running full speed and then take like a two-step uh two steps into the lane just easy finish I don't think I've ever seen that from him before, so that's a new piece to added to his game. And then defensively, he was the complete package in summer league. 
making an impact on the ball and off the ball, reading passing lanes, and being able to stop any player from getting past him. So I, I think he was really one of the most underrated standouts because uh, he was on the Mavs, and you know no one really cared about the Mavs summer league team. So uh, he is kind of old. And I'm kind of concerned about the shooting that he showed at Summer League being a flash in the pan. But if if he can prove that that shot is consistent, he's going to end up on a team somewhere. Because every NBA team could use a wing that's like him as like their 10th man. Yeah, he's a guy that's been like on the fringes for a couple years now. If he's going to break in and stay in, it's going to be in the next couple of years. Um, so why not this year? Yeah, and if things don't work out, maybe just uh, head to Australia, you know, and just show people why you're boss. You just want to send everybody to Australia? Why not? I'm already going to be watching so much Australian League film because there's like three key prospects in that league right now. So this is about you. This isn't about Antonio. Well, it's about, it's, about, well, it's <laughs> about me and him. It's in his best interest, too. We can get paid a whole bunch of money without having to pay for taxes, go to a country that speaks English, and get out of the season in March so you can still get signed back to the NBA for the rest of the season. Very true. Very true. Okay. Not mad at that. Um, are we sticking with undrafted guys? I mean, we can kind of go over some of the drafted guys, so I think we'd be remiss to not mention Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Okay, he was next on my mind. So why don't you go in and go into how you felt about him? Because I know for a period of time you were kind of concerned about his transition to the NBA. And honestly, I was too concerned about him because I should have been higher on him than I ended up being at the end of the year. But well, he will still he will still move up on my board because he's on the Pelicans. And right, so I think we both... I think we were both fair in our assessments. I think that uh, he's going to a situation that's good for him. And I think we also both mentioned that he's better with the ball in his hands, where that wasn't really the case all the time in Virginia Tech. And uh, New Orleans put the ball in his hands, and he performed. I think he was top two in assists during summer yes, league. He was 24 I points, 24.6, six and a half assists. Uh, f- almost five rebounds a game, three steals a game. So, I mean, he did everything. You couldn't. You, there was no f- holes in that at all. Um, so, if they're they're going to play him at the point like he should, he his size issues is not going to really matter. So, um, and his jump shot is not really going to matter uh, as much. So, uh, that'll be interesting to see if he if he does get some good playing time this year behind, uh, I guess Drew Drew or, or Lonzo. I think he's gonna. I think he deserves to start ahead of Lonzo. Whoa! And he's a he's a better <laughs> offensive player. Can you afford to have Lonzo Ball Please. on the starting lineup next to Zion? Because their teams will take advantage of you on the offensive end. Also, imagine really a, like sound effects. I would put like a, a sizzling sound right now. I feel now like that's that, a, is that really a hot take? Is that a hot take? I feel like that's not that hot. I think it is. Lonzo really, it, it, I think. I mean, is. I, I. Here's the thing, right? Is I have a lot of faith in Lakeel as a passer more than some other people. I think. Okay. And also on top of that, I think him and Drew is a very dynamic backcourt, and I think Nikhil is potentially a pull-up threat. And so having a respectable pull-up threat on the court next to Zion, especially one that has size, right. And can also is also a pretty capable passer. That's that's deadly. That's dynamic. Yeah. And then and then in addition, you can have Lonzo Ball come off the bench, play like twenty five minutes, and he can just every single time on an inbound, just launch it full court to Zion every time for a dunk. Seriously, he can really do that. He did that with LeBron a few times this year. But Zion's going to look for that every time because you know he has that drive to compete even in the regular season. So for me, the thing isn't whether or not he's better than Zion or in that role or should be in that role. My thing is, is, it a, is, there, is there politics at play there? Like, is Lonzo coming off the bench going to be an issue? Um, I'm, I'm not sure how that dynamic is going to work, honestly. I, if, I think if I'm Lonzo Ball, you got to be grateful. Not necessarily grateful, but like you've been in the position where the Lakers have kind of messed up your development, and you know the Pelicans have a pretty decent track record 
I know that you know that it hasn't worked out with Anthony Davis, but they've been able to make things work despite not having a whole bunch of talent. And so now that they finally have that talent, you got to trust that they know what they're doing. And also, you're still going to get minutes. Like start the start whole starting lineup thing is just because you need someone to be a pull up threat with Zion, in my opinion, in the starting lineup. And I don't want to make Drew Holiday do that because that's not what Drew Holiday does best. Right. Um, yeah, I think it is makes more sense to have Drew and his more natural role there. Um, I didn't. I don't like the fit. I didn't like the fit with him and Lonzo anyway. So um, again, it's going to be interesting to watch it play out there. They got a lot of bodies that are going to be requiring some some playing time. So yeah. how they navigate that's going to be interesting. I think my one big question is if you do start Nikhil and Drew Holiday, what do you do with JJ Redick? Because if you start Reddick, then you're doing Nikhil Holiday, well, Nikhil Reddick Holiday. You're going to play Holiday the three. And then I guess Brandon Ingram plays four. Or are you going to sit Brandon Ingram, which you should do? You should put him off the bench, use him as like a dynamic bench scorer, like a Rudy Gay type. Yeah. So that's where I say like their roster is kind of weird. Like it's not clear what everybody's going to be doing for that team. Also, does Jackson Hayes start over Derek Favors? I say no. Like I said, that the roster is weird. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of talent and a lot of sensible places, but what they're going to do with that talent is going to be confusing to start out the yeah. year. Like I feel like they're gonna go through multiple lineups like in the first month or two. Speaking of teams with multiple lineups, that's like half the NBA now, it feels like. Are going to be like, uh, we don't really know what we're doing with like half of the players in our starting lineup. <laughs> yeah. Like the Mavericks, like yeah. what is their starting lineup going to look at halfway into the season? Like I what? think it's not even worth even discussing. But beyond, we know who we, we know at least two or three people that are. Well, we know at least three people that are starting, or four, I guess, if they have already married. They're married to Delon. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, like to argue, it's not even worth arguing who that other guy's going to be because it's not going to stay one person. Yeah, but it's like that for like half of the league. So yeah, it's it's yeah. just going to be interesting to see how that all that pans out. Uh, who who's another name on your list that stood out to you? I'm going to say Bruce Brown uh, Jr. Uh, I was not really a fan of his coming out, and I think summer league led summer league in assists was carrying that Detroit team, and they only really lost because he didn't play in that playoff game. Yeah, and then in addition to that, because uh, you cut out a little, uh, defensively, he's you know he's going to make a pretty big impact on the ball because he's just so aggressive, and he's not right. stupid. So it's not like Colin Sexton where he's aggressive, but he doesn't really know what he's doing yet. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's an interesting player. I think they they, they might have really found something with him. Yeah, I remember in the regular season when he put made uh, not when he put when he made James Harden go like zero for ten. Yeah, and then with his, like you said, aggressive. There, yes, he some guard. Yeah. Um. So another another really interesting name that stood out would be Texas Tech's own uh, Keenan Evans. Uh, he kind of, he was, he led that team on that Elite Eight run, and then it felt like he fell off the face of the planet. I didn't even know where he was. And now he's back. <laughs> he's still with uh, Houston? Uh, he was on the Memphis Summer League team, so I guess not. Gotcha. Just checking, just checking. Um, who's another guy that we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, I guess we would be remiss without discussing the Jared Allen storyline of what the hell was he doing playing there? Uh, yeah, I feel, I mean, he, watching, I couldn't even barely watch their games. Bigger than everybody, stronger than everybody out there um kind of feel sorry for him not sure what's going to happen with deandre jordan coming in um apparently he wanted to be there but 
at some point you have to protect your investments, I would think. Uh, what, DeAndre wanted to be there or Jarrett wanted to be there? Jarrett wanted to be at Summer League. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, if you haven't played basketball in a few months and you just want to play, I guess. But it, it's there is definitely... And I was a, like, a, hey, maybe he'll play a couple games. Yeah. But, like, he felt like he played every game except for one. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what he did. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of standouts, I guess I didn't get to see this guy play as well, but I don't know what if you saw a lot from him, but he just he stands out to me on the statistical list. Josh Gray. Josh Gray. Um, Brooklyn. Well, who was he with? Brooklyn? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did play a lot. He did play a lot. Um, I feel like I was hearing his name a lot, but I still he's it's I still wasn't really wanting to pay attention to him, if that makes any sense. He is really old at 26. Like, so. He would like come out of the blue and do something, and it was like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> like, he wasn't a guy that I was really checking for. Speaking of guys that you might be checking for, Bruno Caboclo. I, I'm I'm glad for him because he actually looks like he's got some confidence now. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about him being a five, but he, uh, I mean, on that team, it just gives them another body to throw out in on the inside with Jaron and your boy. Well, not just Jaron and my boy, but also Valanciunas. Right. Yeah, I don't think Caboclo has to play five. I think he can just play four on the bench next to uh, next to Valanciunas. Like a four-five. Yeah. Like a four-five type of guy. Yeah. That's also, it. how funny again, is it? That- just another body to throw out. Yeah, but it is kind of funny that uh, we're back on draft night, the prediction was almost true. Two years away from being two years away. He got picked in what, 2014? You're cutting out bad. <laughs> Bruno, he didn't, Caboclo didn't get picked in 2014 or was it 2015? Um, it might have been 14. So then he was three years away from being two years away. And looks like he's finally hit. And he's going to be like an eighth to tenth man, so. Still, yeah, 2014. Doesn't console the Raptors at all, but you know. <laughs> Six nine seven seven wingspan. Uh, I think that's the Google wingspan, not the combine wingspan. But we'll check because that I'm sounds. Sure he, rid- I'm sure he's grown. I think I he's taller than six nine now. He he might be, but I don't think he has a seven seven wingspan because that seems like a lot. Uh, I guess it is. I, I guess it is, but that is ridiculous. That is ten inch. It's a plus ten. Yeah. Wingspan. Yeah. That's uh, that's why I think he probably looks a lot taller than he is. But I would agree with that for sure. Um. Uh, here's another guy who played really well. He's kind of been languishing in the league for a while, so it's good to see him play well. Uh, Tony Bradley? Yes. Uh, he he broke his foot his rookie year, or right before his rookie year, and uh, hasn't really gotten an opportunity. But, yes, he, he was great in summer league, and he's still with You just cut out completely. So did you. Yeah, so, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, he's still with Utah, and he's probably going to take some minutes now because we don't really know what's going on with Ekpe Udo, and uh, Favors is obviously heading to New Orleans. Yeah, so he averaged, what, 19 or almost 20 and 11 rebounds in three games? I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, so he looked good. He uh, actually shot a few three. He was one for three from three, but, again, that's just – Showing that he's willing to take a jump shot of uh, 71%. So I think he might be in great position to finally step into that backup role behind Gobert. He's going to have to because I don't think they have anybody else. 
Except for if Udo comes back, which I think he might have signed overseas. Yeah, they might as well keep him. Uh, I, I would say Bradley's probably, like I said, ready. And he was a guy I really liked coming out of that draft. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that, that draft is before my time as a draft person. But <laughs> two I'm glad. Ago. Two years ago was before my time. <laughs> like, do you know, my level of draft research at that point in time was... Okay, I'll go to Draft Express when it was on its last legs. And I just want to see who the Mavericks are slotted to pick and who is after them. And I remember. No, I was just looking at the the sorted stats here on Real GM. And Terrence Mann actually was tied with Tony Bradley for the lead in rebounds per game at 11.3, which is a fun stat. That's my boy. But I, we already, I already said he was a standout. So, Did you say Terrence Mann? Yes, I did. Oh, I, I somehow missed that. I said it at the very beginning of the podcast. He was okay. one of the first right. five names I said. He, one of the ones you rattled off caught me off. Yes. Right. I was well, it was like, well, we might as well, because like, those guys were like, these guys are too obvious to talk about. I should have I included Alexander Walker, but I think he was too, too obvious. And he's also right. a guy that is kind of too good, so maybe we should talk about him a lot more. Um, but I am glad to see that he played well. And honestly, him on the Clippers, perfect fit. He's going to get like six minutes a game, and he's going to learn a lot. And that's all I want. Even if that means that my boy got pushed out, it's, it's, I understand. It's, it had to be done. What, Thornwell or uh, how, no, 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 Wallace? Come on now. <laughs> Definitely Thorwell. Well, I know Wallace got released too, and you were talking about him too, so. But Thorwell is my game cop guy, so there's a little bit deeper connection. Yes, uh, I understand. He'll end so, up somewhere. Uh, yeah, uh, he said he's been, there's like six or seven teams that have reached out already, so. Um, the Clippers actually also said that they might try to bring him back after the dust settles. So I think that might be what he's holding out for. Um, but I think his agent wants him to look at other opportunities that don't have other shooting guards that are in front of him. Yeah. Plus all-star, superstar type guys. <laughs> I mean, he's going to end up somewhere in the league because he's too good to not end up being at least like a 13th man. So. Yeah. If Toronto comes calling, I won't be surprised. Toronto needs to sign Antonius Cleveland. Somebody does. I don't know what the Mavs are doing. But the Mavs? Mavs going Mav, I guess. Mavs are looking at Reeves right now. So, they, in fact, it's such a big de- Reeves is such a big deal that they literally have a the G League coach, the new coach, uh, Yiannopoulos or whatever his name is. Uh, he right. came on the step back and he was like, uh, we're going to talk about Reeves Hive. I was like, well, okay. I see. So he's paying attention is what I'm hearing. And, but at the same time, he also talked about Costas, and then Costa got cut the same day the podcast got released. So, <laughs> uh, whatever. Is Costas officially in Toronto, by the way? Because I just saw it was a rumor initially. Well, it said he got claimed off waivers. So he was officially claimed because the last I read was that they had planned to claim him. I didn't see it was official. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's worth discussing on this podcast, honestly. Wow, it's cold blooded. Wow. I mean, it's. I was reading the. I'm sorry. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Costas, but you you need to go somewhere that you'll get serious minutes because you're probably not going to develop into an NBA player anytime soon. Uh, I was reading a. uh, This is way off track now, but I was reading a uh, article that Alex posted earlier he posted it on his instagram uh, where they were talking about him being a projected first round pick for 2021 which i hadn't seen yet but uh it's gonna be weird when the younger brother passes yeah and uh alex he um he was in that he was he was in a pretty he was in the Bleacher Report article, actually, so I don't know if that's, that's the article. I was reading. Yeah. Also, I think those are the big names that really stood out in particular. Now let's move on to some of the more disappointments. Um, I- I'll go and s- take the fall here. 
Jarrell Brantley was not good. However, at the same time, he didn't get to do what I wanted him to do, which was get out and transition and get use his size downhill. I didn't get to see that much. It felt like they kind of wanted to put him in a box as a 3 and D guy, and he doesn't do well in a box, I think. Gotcha. Um, so going back and forth. Yes. Uh, all right. So then my first one is going to be my, my boy, the guy I thought we drafted and celebrated and then realized that we traded pick after I got on social media. Davidis Servitas. Uh, went to Detroit, which is not necessarily a bad situation for him, except for the fact that they had several young guards, which meant that he got barely any playing time in summer league. Um, I think he played like seven minutes a game, so we didn't really get to see him do what he does, um, and especially with Svi Mikhailuk uh, and Kyrie Thomas both being guys that are probably in line for actual playing time this year. Uh, they kind of kept him off the court in summer league, so that was disappointing. Indeed. And uh, uh, speaking of that trade, Isaiah Roby was kind of inconsistent as well. So both of those guys, I felt like, are going to need some time to develop, which is not surprising, honestly. Right. Because they both have obvious flaws. But at least in the Mavs case, they used those picks and got DeLon right out of it, so... Yeah, yeah. Again, everything happened for a reason, I guess. <laughs> Whether or not you like it. I'm sure um, it was planned to the DeLon Wright thing with getting those picks and using that for a sign trade. So I think I'm they had that, that much foresight. I didn't think it was going to be specifically DeLon Wright, but I think they were planning to use that in a trade of some sort. Okay. Yeah, trade of some sort. And I was going to say not a sign and trade situation because I don't think anybody realized that was going to come back this year to came back with a vengeance. I think uh, sign and trades are going to be a, I think sign and trades are going to be the new out to like guys not having to deal with the BS of having to wait like a week to sign restricted guys. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I like it. I prefer that because then guys get to go to the teams they want to. We don't have the yeah, the Eric Gordon situation where he says my heart is in Phoenix but they match the deal or the Gordon Hayward where he signed the deal with Charlotte that could have changed everything and Utah matches on the last day. Um, or where the Mavs signed Marcin Gortat to an offer sheet. The the um, Magic come and sign the Mavs big man and then match the offer for Gortat. As well. Or when the or the when the Blazers time. throw this ridiculous offer sheet at Alpha Rukaminu. <laughs> all, all that stuff. Like we don't have the the Jeremy Lin deals. All that good stuff. I don't think we have to worry about those. Anymore. However, I will say Bad Malcolm Brogdon still got paid. So happy for him. Yeah, he did. 22, what, 22 mil a year, something like that. I think that. it's 21. I think it's four years, 84. So, four, yeah, 484 yeah. or five, something like that. Okay. But yeah, he got paid and he's going to be in a position to potentially carry, help carry a team to the playoffs. So, how about them Pacers, baby? Did Goga play at all? No, and that was actually going to be one of my... I was going to just rattle off the guys that I wanted to see play that didn't. That's Goga, Kevin Porter Jr., and an oldie but a goodie for me, Jamal Franklin. Um, didn't play for Toronto, so... How old is he um, now? <laughs> let's see. He was on the 2013 draft. So that's, was what, he, six uh... years plus a couple of years in college. So he's got to be close to 30. Yikes. Big. Yeah, yikes! I, I was uh, so convinced that he was. Now keep in mind, at the time, saying someone's the next James Harden wasn't as crazy as it is now. But I thought he had like a James Harden type of game, and he does. He put up James Harden numbers in China, but uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so did AJ Price. So he's twenty-eight, by the way. I should say. Yeah. Uh, Hey, hey, get your money. If you're playing he's in China, a, he, you're getting paid. So He's in his prime. Um, still not going to be surprised if he ends up on a team this year. An NBA team? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're going to be – it's not happening. I got to find out why he didn't play for Toronto this year. If he was injured or – I'm sure like Toronto that. was like DNP old anyway. <laughs> why did he even bring him in then? Because old they need point. a vet to teach the young kids in practice. 
All right, I'm going to look into that. So who's your next disappointing guy since we already rattled off my guys that didn't play? Um, Gary Clark. Uh, okay. He just kind of was not impressive. And I'm disappointed by this. But I yeah. think Houston as a whole was an incoherent team. Besides so, Clemens. Well, that's not he's not he's not the team. He's Clemens. <laughs> but um, I mean that's what he was at Campbell too, so it was a familiar yeah. spot for him. But Campbell was a good team in their conference. Were they though? They made they were one of the because top- of him. Well, I know, but at least they weren't bad in their division. Whereas Houston was just bad in the in their in their competition. Gotcha. If, gotcha. if you get what I mean. Uh, and also, Hardenstein. oh, oh yes, Hardenstein was average at best. But uh, but he should have been great. Yeah, he should have been. He was really good in the G League too. So I'm kind of surprised he played that bad. But missed another, that. yeah, another. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity. But here's another disappointment. Nasir Little. Uh, just kind of didn't make an impact, honestly. He's, like I said, he's raw. I think he went for that he would be in a position to maybe get some minutes when the that's looking to be top four in the West this year. Yeah, I, th- I think it might struggle to earn minutes, honestly, because now the Blazers have um, Bazemore. Right. But at the same time, they and did lose... even Gary Trent's big enough to play some three. Yeah, but they did lose Lehman, who, by the way, another player I wanted the Mavs to get. But, yeah. yeah. Lehman, Harkless, and Aminu are gone. Sadoransky wanted him, but, you know. Not gonna rant about the Mavs anymore. So who's who's someone that disappointed you in summer league? <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, by the way, just to follow up, Franklin did have a foot injury. Um, other yeah, guys that disappointed. Lewis King. He still got a two way though. Another guy. He was on Detroit too, right? He was on Detroit, and somehow he didn't get a two way until after summer league, despite the fact that he sucked. Yeah. So Lewis. King, I think he play, He actually did play more than Servetus when he played. He played 12 minutes a game, but both those guys just got, kind of fell victim to going to a team that had young guys ahead of them that, that they actually wanted to make sure they got a good look at. Yeah, but then again, it's weird because Detroit still signed him to a two-way out of all of it. I think that that was probably always the plan. And so it wasn't necessarily he probably was doing all right in practice. They, they again, just wanted to see Kyrie and uh, Svi in the games. I suppose. Um, here's another really big disappointment, and this guy's been in the league for a while and has actually played playoff minutes. Sterling Brown just kind of was nothing. Yeah. Um, I think when you send a guy that's, not a first-year guy down the summer league. The expectation is that they're going to hoop, and he just kind of exists, basically. No, and not only did he just kind of exist, he was piss poor. He was terrible. Oh, God, 24% from the field. Yeah, he was piss <laughs> poor. you got to be, like, not trying to do that. Especially if you're Sterling Brown. Like, you know how to make shots. You've been in this league. He's on Milwaukee. Who was their point guard? Uh, that's a good question. Isn't it like Farrell on their summer league team? Not Yogi. No, a different guy. Like, like for like the comedian, like Pharrell pronounced it. Pronunciation. Gotcha. Here, let me check. Okay, so, so yeah, I think that's a huge factor, kind of. And when you have a summer league team, you have to have have those point guards that are willing to set everybody up or going to set everybody up. Yep. Yeah, Matt Farrell. Yep. Matt Farrell Matt Farrell. Farrell. I don't know. Farrell, Farrell. Farrell Williams. But and but another interesting guy in Milwaukee was Ray John Tucker, but he kinda of disappointed as well. So Milwaukee was just not a good team. Yeah. I think you um, have a guy that you really like that you need to speak on being the disappointment. From this year's draft? 
Yes. Um, what do we got? What do we got? Shall, do I need to bring up my board on? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Admiral Schofield. Uh, I didn't have him that high. Well, you. I don't know if you had him that high, but you were. He was one of those. I guys was surprised. Like, what? Yeah, through the throughout the year, it was like I never saw him on anybody's boards, and I was like, why is he not on anybody's boards? Um, but yeah, he was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bad. Uh, the reason why he's not on anybody's board is because he's kind of at best a replacement player. Yeah. yeah, that's. I was curious what his upside was because it's how well he shot last year. Um, so we'll see how Washington plays him. But, but uh, another guy on Washington that was the opposite of a disappointment was Rui Hachimura, and I forgot we didn't mention him. Oh, I thought we did. I don't think we did. All right, well... No, we mentioned him before, and we were talking. <laughs> okay, well, then Hachimura got buckets, but was overall... His defense was not the greatest. And but he still got away with a lot of things just because he's long and big. And offensively... you should expect. Yeah, it is what you should expect. But you would you would think that... In addition to his defense not being great, that at least offensively he can make some impact making plays. In that, and it's kind of disappointing when you see these advanced stats. You see, like he's barely above zero, because even despite all those points, which means he's probably like what turnovers, something along the line. Turnovers, not many assists, something like that. Let's pull it up. Let's find out what Rui did. So he averaged nineteen. Where's he at? 19.3 points a game, seven rebounds, 4.7. Oh, no. Seven rebounds. Barely. Is that an assist? Not even an assist. 0.7 assists per game. One point. Oh, where's the turnovers? Three, 2.7 turnovers. 2.7 turnovers, yeah. So that's what? A point. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. That's a one to four assist ratio, basically. Whoa. Yeah, one to four. So, and again, I think that for me, that's kind of the turnovers are bad. But other than that, like he's basically just a scorer. That's the fact that he got seven rebounds in the game is actually is somewhat surprising. But then again, it's summer league. I don't. I'm not that, that surprised by it. He's big. He's big. He's, he's big. Solid. He's he's well he's relatively big and he misses some amount of, he takes a lot of shots and he'll miss a decent amount of them so he's going to get some boards off his own misses and that played out yeah but yeah scoring is pretty much what you're going to do with him you need to play him beside a defensive big if he's on the court and you're playing him at the four yeah I was not very impressed with Hashimura so but I've never been impressed with Hashimura so. <laughs> uh, I'll get into a disappointment for me. Not that he was bad; he was just kind of average. Bruno Fernando. Okay. Uh, uh, he just didn't stand out. Like I, there wasn't. He didn't make a particularly great impact. And he's one of those guys where it's like you saw what he did in college, and the concern was: is he going to be able to be as physically dominant? And the answer is no. Oh but. I didn't think it was going to play out in summer league like this. So I'm looking at the numbers. He led the summer league in blocks per game, um, 3.3. But he was playing 27 minutes a game and scored four points with less than four rebounds. Yeah, that's not good. Surprising. That's not good. And also, speaking of surprising and disappointing, uh, Darius Baisley, like, there were all these reports saying how – uh, clutch was holding him out of summer league, and then all of a sudden he plays and he sucks. <laughs> and I'm just I'm not gonna say anything other than I had him in my 60s, and it played out. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, he's. How many games did he play? In? Do you know? Like three, maybe, maybe two, probably three. I remember him showing up at the end. I don't even have him coming up when I search the statistics. Actually, but whatever. Well, I can just look. Uh, but I do remember. Him. I remember him playing. No, I remember him playing. He wasn't. Maybe he didn't do anything. They didn't keep his stats. 
Well, Real Jam will have his numbers. Who else do we have? Have we missed anybody? Uh, in terms of disappointments, I mean, we can keep going for a while. I might have one. Uh, I'll I'll throw out one, two, and they're both play for Chicago. Aubrey Dawkins. Okay. I expected more from him as an older guy. Didn't play. I think he barely played. Also, he played like 13 minutes a game. Oh, I have a disappointment. I definitely Yovel Zusman. Just, I think their team just like playmakers, and so it's hard for he's like basically I sit in the corner, I shoot threes, I drive on closeouts, sort of, and I try to play decent defense, and that's like his entire game. And whenever your team doesn't have good players to surround him, it's kind of hard for him to make an impact, and that played out. Uh, yeah, and then two players for Chicago, and Kobe White and Adam Makoka, just both struggled to play defense positively. And you could rack that up to their team being bad, but at the end of the day, if you have a negative six and a half defensive impact, then like as a PIPM, like that, like it doesn't matter how bad your team is. That's just terrible. Yeah, I would say so. Like, that's Isaiah Thomas. It's worse than Isaiah Thomas ever was defensively. And I don't mean Pistons, obviously. So. Yeah, it was, it was a tough experience for the entire Chicago roster. Um, you're, did you mention Roby already? Yeah, uh, I did. We mentioned it when we were talking about Servetus. Right. Um, who's another one? Uh, you gave man on the positive side. What about Dean Wade? How do you think about his? I think it's kind of chalk it up to them again, not having many playmakers. So he wasn't in a role he was comfortable with. And he's still coming off the injury. So I'm not really sure what to think of him right now. He played 27 minutes a game. Let's see. No, he played. It's just his team... He was not. He was not the. He was not in the same role. Whereas, like at Kansas, you had Barry Brown playing next to him. Right. Okay. Also, speaking right. of Barry Brown, I do want to give him his props because he did play well, if I remember. Yeah, Barry Brown mm-hmm. played really well. He was the defensive stalwart. So, shout out to him. He's gonna end up somewhere being asked to guard some small guards. Here's going with me, Yeah. I expected more from him, I think. He averaged um, didn't really do much else. I think he's just going to struggle transitioning from being a star into being a role player. So, Gotcha, gotcha. And that's why I thought he would do well in summer league because he's used to being in that type of role. Um, and I thought that with that Utah team that he would have an opportunity to potentially step into that type of role there as well but it didn't happen yeah i'm trying to remember who utah had as their main ball handler but uh also uh another disappointment for me alan smilegich he had he a was, big dunks. he did but his overall performance was poor and it just looked like he was kind of lost as to what to do on the offensive end which is not surprising because he's always kind of struggled to make an impact without the ball on offense, and he really like never had the ball on offense in, in that summer league. So he, He's going to be a project for sure, but the, the Warriors clearly have faith in him if they've done this much to make sure they could keep their hands on him. So, Yeah, that was... Okay. The Warriors have an interesting roster this year as well. I'm curious what they're going to do with that. Um, go ahead. Um, I'm just trying to think because there's like we could go into like pick I'm up. Time, I'm time, I'm I let this slide earlier. What'd you let slide? Contra on you let contra you put contra on your plus side, right? Yes, because he made a great defensive impact. Right. He was all over the glass, and he made Definitely he had ten thousand deflections. Impact. Definitely didn't make an offensive impact. Well, yeah, he only had like twelve shots. Are we blaming Grayson Allen for that? I don't know who to blame. All I know, well, their team as a whole had a lot of great offensive players. Yeah, they won the championship. Can't so, complain there. And what's his face? I, every time, here's the 
problem I had with that team. I was, you know, you're halfway paying attention watching the games, and I would look up and I would see a little white dude shoot a shot. I'd be like, oh, there goes Conj. Nope, that's Dusty Hannes. There goes Con. Oh, nope, that's Grayson Allen. It's like, why, why, why did they have to have all three of them with the same haircut almost? It was really bothering, giving me problems. And then they also had Watanabe. I don't even remember him playing. He played a lot. He was a key player on that roster. But like Conchar and Conchar and Hannah specifically, almost identical on the court. Except Conchar is a better basketball player. So. Dusty Hannah's was getting buckets. Why, why are we hating on Dusty Hannah's? Because John Conchar is a better basketball player. Okay. I'm not saying Dusty Hannah's is a bad basketball player. I'm saying John Conchar is better. That's all, right. all I'm saying. Okay. It, it can be both. I know, I know that's your boy. I'm not going to challenge you on that. Yeah. John, Dusty Hannes will have a long career somewhere, and he will make enough money to secure a financial future for himself and his family. But John Conchar has potential to do more than that. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so I need to go back to you because I've talked too much. Who's someone that disappointed you now that we that you haven't talked about yet? Um. I think I think I might be out. I, I, I'm gonna go slightly on a limb here and just Mo Bamba. Um, I thought his jumper looked great. I was glad to see him on the court, but I still think he was playing. And it could be because you know he's been out of practice. He hasn't been around the game for a while. But he still looked like he was kind of playing soft and on timid on the inside. Uh, wasn't really getting on the glass when he was in there. Uh, I'm willing to give him some time to get back acclimated, and we'll see what he looks like in preseason slash beginning of the season. But other than that, um, I don't like that he looks like he's trying to turn into just a straight-up stretch five that doesn't want to go inside at all. Well, if that is what he's going to do, then that's a complete change of identity. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's good for his development because then you're having to start over. Yeah. That's that's not what, again, that's not what anybody looked at him as coming out. And that, Yeah, that's a completely different player than what he was supposed to project as. That defeats the entire purpose of him trying to gain weight. Yeah, and, and then in addition, does he even get minutes ahead of Kim Birch? At this point, if, he, that's, if he's going to be a stretch five, I, I don't know what it's supposed to have. And maybe they play together. <laughs> Birch and Bamba? Oh. Yeah, if, if Bamba's going to be out in the perimeter, then I guess Birch is in the paint. Well, that's just going to be a weird-looking lineup. The uh, lineup is already weird. Have you seen their roster? Yeah, but it's going to get weirder. Because if they're going to play Bamba and Birch together. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and hand off to you, because we didn't get to this guy yet. Shamori Pons. I wasn't going to do it. But... Uh... Yeah, that's not. Uh, he looked pretty, pretty atrocious. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. He wasn't yeah. one of my guys. I don't, I think I pe- got peer pressured into moving him higher than I probably should have had him or would have had him. But uh, yeah, he. I mean, he got completely outplayed by his own teammate and Clemens. Like played off the court. Yeah, like literally as well. Um, Pons for me was one of those guys where it's like sometimes he's really impressive and sometimes you just want to tear him apart. So, yeah. Summer League was definitely a tear him apart occasion. And it's bad because, you know, it, it, I will say that was, that was a huge surprise for me because I, you know, first game he played bad. I was like, whatever, you know, it's one game, blah, blah, blah. But then he never recovered from that. Like, that was pretty much the story of his Summer League is that Maybe he's not as ready as some may have thought. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be tough for him because there's a lot of guards that are just lurking out there, and he's got to yeah. find a roster spot among them. Yeah, and it's like we said, and it's gonna be an uphill battle now um, because that's all we have to go by of his NBA experiences that summer league where he played 20 minutes a game for five games and never showed any signs of being anything. Speaking of guys that didn't show signs of being anything, Chandler Hudson. <sighs> yeah, he... I mean, I almost want to just throw away the whole Bulls team 
Like, it feels like it was the Kobe White show, and everybody else kind of had a backseat. Uh, it was Gafford the had the one big game. Yeah, Gaffer was pretty decent, honestly. But uh, but other than that, it was just Kobe trying to do everything and not, not needing to. Yeah, and the d- d- defense was just poor. Even Gafford having a negative defensive impact is surprising. I, I think it that I think it, it probably might all go back to Kobe. Like one that when the head is trash, it's hard for everybody else to. Well, the head and the tail, because you got <laughs> Kobe White and Adam Makoka, both sub six three. Well, I guess White six four, but he plays smaller than that. I guess right now defensively. Yeah, so it was bad for the Bulls. The entire Bulls. And it, you would, when you look at Kobe and Gafford, you think, oh, this is going to be a pretty good team. And no. Yeah, no. Just no. Like, Gafford was their best player. That's how bad it was. Like, if Gafford is your best player on a summer league roster, it's not a good time for you. I'm not sure how much more I can talk about poor summer league players. <laughs> um, I don't have any more personal ecosystem if you want to talk about him. But... I do not want to talk about him. I Otherwise, really I just want we can kind of finish up with. Uh, I had a few guys that were on my watch list that I wanted to mention that didn't play that, or were good. That were that did did what they had to do. Or All right, they were decent enough just to kind of hit on them. Um, so Max Struess, two-way guy for the Celtics, um, shot 45% from three in summer league. Um, I think he averaged 10 points a game. And uh, he started some, came off the bench some, but I uh, was glad to see him play that way. Uh, he's probably going to spend most of his year in the G League, and that's fine with me. Um, re- really happy for him that he's got that opportunity with the two-way. Um, another guy, unless you want did you want to go back and forth there? I mean, I've kind of gone over, like, everybody on the top of my mind, honestly. There's a whole bunch of guys I cared about on my watch list that just didn't play. So gotcha. That's right. That's right. You mentioned that. So, Zach Norville was the other one. Uh, he came out of the gates really hot. Uh, cooled off through Vegas Summer League, but at the same time, like, he'd already shown what he needed to show. Um, not sure where he's going to fall in that Lakers rotation. I think he's a two-way guy, too. Um, so, he may not get any playing time, but Regardless, he's uh, a guy I really like and a, a guy I'm going to be watching. He might fall into that Gary Trent situation where uh, Trent was a guy I really liked, played well in summer league, and then didn't really play in the regular season because of the team he was on. Uh, but now he comes out this summer league and he's dominant. So um, he could definitely go that way. Uh, other guys, Chris Silva, my Gamecock guy, uh, signed what is most likely an Exhibit 10 with the Heat off his summer league play. Didn't really light it up on the scoreboard, 7.6 boards, but he was doing things like taking charges, coming over, rotating. Uh, hit, a, hit a couple jump shots, looked fluid, uh, was setting screens. Uh, and the Heat seemed to like him as a as just an energy big. So um, won't be surprised to see him latch on there somewhere or end up on their G League team. Um, Quinn Derry, my, my boy with the Spurs, had a, a really good summer league as well as Kelvin Johnson, who uh, again Spurs rich keep just keep getting richer. I expect I saw some rumors about teams calling for for Durant. So if the Spurs decide to go full rebuild and trade DeRozan or and or Aldridge, that would not surprise me. They have a ton of young guards between Lonnie Walker, Quindary, and Kelvin that could get minutes for other teams. So, um, And that's really all. That, those are the other, the last five I had that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. All right. Well, I do want to mention Taquan Jeffries and Matisse oh, Thibault. Yes. yes. Both of them doing exactly what I thought they would do, which is be key impact players defensively and play better than expected on the offensive end. And they filled their role to a T. Yes. And Daquan had some big dunks, if I'm not mistaken. That's what he does. He is athletic AF. He looks bigger than, again, he's another guy that looked bigger during the summer league than I recall them being during my scouting of them. Um, like taller. Like I think I had him listed as like six, five or something like that. He's, in shoes, he's six, six and a half, I believe. 
that kind of makes a difference. It does. He's with Orlando. Did he sign a two-way? Is he on a two-way? Uh, I believe so. I believe he got signed on draft night to a two-way. Yeah, he's a guy that looks. He, he's a guy that looks like a guy. And that's he is a guy. <laughs> I mean, you just look at him and he looks like he belongs. Okay, I mean. so at PIT he was listed as six five and a half in shoes. In shoes? Yeah, in like shoes. I said, he looked bigger than six five on the court. Well, he is. He does have a seven one wingspan. There you go. Those wingspans they, they do it every time. They do do it every time. Actually, no, seven zero. Excuse me. Still, the point stands. Yeah. Uh, I've run out of guys, honestly. Yeah, I think we've covered it at this point. Yeah, I do want to say a brief shout out to uh, Mitch Creek for being an absolute baller. And good luck to you in the Australian League because I'm going to end up watching you a lot as a result of seeing Terry Armstrong and also LaMelo and RJ. So, <laughs> um, Is there one guy I wanted to shout out as well? Oh, Brian Bowen. Brian Bowen. Let me shout out Brian Bowen. He looked uh, pretty good in Summer League, and he's got his two-way with the Indiana Pacers, so a guy who got a raw deal from the NCAA, I'm glad he's getting an opportunity and isn't just going to be discarded. Um, he seems like a good kid. Yeah, he, he was ranked like top 20 in his high school class. Yeah, he was a McDonald's All-American. Um, and then he just kind of went nowhere, and then he went to Australia and kind of had a decent role off the bench. Well, went he went all the to Louisville. Way. Yeah, he was one of those guys caught up in, like, the scandal or whatever. Well, he didn't, did he play at Louisville, did he? Didn't he only no, practice? because he, he, was, he was caught up in the scandal. So yeah. he never got to play. And then uh, transferred to South Carolina, awaited the decision from the NCAA, and they came out and said that he could play. He might be able to play in a year. Like, it wasn't even a clear thing. It was like, eh, we might let you play, but you got to sit out another year either way. Screw that. Just go to Australia and get your check. And that's exactly what he did. So he was like, all right, sorry, I really wanted to be a Gamecock, but uh, clearly the NCAA is going to play with my play with my life now, so I'm just going to go make money. And, hey, he, he got to learn from the best of them and Andrew Bogut, so. And uh, now he's getting this two-way with the team that's uh, – looks like they're be in the playoffs, so. I'm happy for him, like I said. And also has a promising future now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot also, of young talent on that team. Someone's going to get traded on that team. Sabonis, maybe. Well, is McDermott's the team? I felt like he was a free agent. He got signed to a three-year, $21 million deal last year. Okay. Why'd I have him listed? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, they've got... They, there's probably going to be some moves on their team, and if they have to sweeten some deals, uh, opportunities can open up. So, but regardless, I'm I'm about summer league doubt, man. I, I can't think about any more NBA summer league action, especially because WNBA is better, and I barely got to watch any because I was so wrapped up in summer league BS. Uh, which stinks. Which is disappointing, but hey, at least All-Star Weekend is coming up soon, and I'll get to see a lot of people just play really well and have a lot of fun, so I can't Where's wait to see the... the... Where okay. is it this year? It's in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah, and also, I really want to see the three-point contest this year, because Allie Quigley's run it like three years in a row, I think. And last year, they in the final round, it was tied, so they went to overtime, and Allie Quigley dropped like 24, I think, in, in that three-point contest, which is really good. So, Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's all I'm going to say there. Okay. But all right. unless you got, you got anything else going on with your site, uh, which you can find him at Bibs Corner on Twitter, BibsCorner.com, and then also film pieces – that aren't on his website, as in movie, film, on Hidden Remote and Netflix Life? Anything going on in any of those fronts? Um, yeah, I'm just cranking out uh, a lot of reviews over the next few weeks. I'm trying to, I'm behind schedule. I wanted to do 100 reviews this year. I'm at like 46 or something like that. So just a, a few behind at this point. But uh, some reviews coming for some Netflix movies that I'm, uh, I'm going to be 
binging over the next week or two. And uh, eh, no, no, no big movies really that I'm going to be doing anytime soon. But other than that, I think we can kind of preview next week uh, on the pod. Yes. So next week we're going to have the illustrious Ignacio Risotto return to our podcast once again to discuss performances at FIBA U19 and FIBA U20 World Cup, well, World Cup and Euro uh, tournaments because there are so many players we're going to have to go over and also some new standouts that I've never heard of before that I'm going to have to study up on. So. Yeah, should be fun. Always a good time with Ignacio coming along. So, yeah, and then I do want to mention because I am attempting to get women's draft coverage on here, and I'm going to try it out this year and see how it goes. Uh, I don't want to do it on the same day, but I might in in like the next week. I'm gonna I might try to do coverage of the women's FIBA tournaments as well, and that just kind of. Just, just to kind of, especially going to be like, uh, like the U twenties, because those are going to be players that'll be players to keep tabs on like two or three years down the line because the draft rules are a little bit different. Right. As some of them will be eligible right away because I think the international deadline is you have to be twenty by the end of the year if you're an international player, but like. 85 to 90 percent of the players that get drafted in the W are always from college, and then you have to be 22 by the end of the year. So it's a bit tougher, even though the draft is in April. So, right. Uh, it, it is a little irritating to see that, but there's very few roster spots, so it is what it is. They have to have more experienced players come into the league. They don't have time for youth. Very true. But uh, on my fronts, I'm going to try to get some pieces out regarding the Mavs and other things, but I can't even guarantee it because there's all this other stuff going on with regards to this podcast and trying to prepare for 2020 because it's looking like wild, honestly. And it seems like it's a lot deeper compared to this past draft and in the right places, whereas in this previous draft, we had a lot of depth but it was in like 20 to 80 instead of you know 10 to 40 so yeah yeah uh that's what it's looking like so i'm looking forward to seeing that because i just want to see some better talent than you know shamori ponds honestly but <laughs> no diss shamori but you well, know. we definitely have gone in on him quite thoroughly on this no time. diss shamori but it's it's just you know in any other draft you would not get that high on the on the board so so this has been another episode of third round picks podcast thanks for listening y'all and any feedback y'all have is appreciated and i hope you all enjoyed this episode peace